The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And away we go. It's another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, joined once again by my esteemed deputy editor, John Dixon. John, can you believe that Ryan Reynolds watched the Chief game last night? (laughs) Yeah, that was a, a weird deal. And I assume that's just because they were in New York. You know, if they've been playing the game in Los Angeles, maybe the same thing might have happened with some Hollywood folks or whatever. I assume that's what it was. Or are we going to see this starting to happen at Arrowhead now? Uh, as long as Travis and trailer, excuse me, as trailer is a thing. Um, yeah, I well, don't know. I know that she has a tour coming up. And so I don't know how many more games she can go to. I don't I don't know the details of the tour. I just know it's coming up. I guess this is now part of my job. So I'll have to do some research <laughs> on that uh, after we get out. We we will know the level of her commitment once we see whether or not she's in Minnesota, John. I think that'll really tell us if it, this is going to be in every single game thing. But yes, uh, the celebrities were out uh, as to be expected. As John mentioned, it was a 23 to 20 win. For the Chiefs in New York, uh, I know that there's a lot of degenerate Chiefs fans out there today that are happy with the win, but not so happy with their quarterback sliding ahead of the goal line <laughs> and not having the Chiefs cover last night. A little bit scarier than I thought uh, everybody really felt, including myself, going into it. And uh, just goes to show that you never know when you're going to get someone's best performance. We'll talk about that uh, as we go here on the AP Editor Show. Uh, First, we'll go to the Andy Reid press conference. He had his usual Monday press conference with the media uh, that took place about an hour ago now. Uh, We'll go over the main quotes from that. We'll have our world-famous marinated takeaways from Sunday Night Football. A little bit of a news roundup heading into what is Vikings week. John will give us some of his initial snap count takeaways, and we'll check out the opening odds for Chiefs and Vikings. Remember last week during the opening odds segment, I said, the Chiefs would cover for sure, and that was obviously incorrect. All right. Before we get into anything, though, John, we do have one review this week, which we appreciate. If you leave a review on Apple iTunes, I will read it here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. I will be honest, Brad Simcox's imitation of a Swifty on the recent Great British Chiefs show <laughs> is the reason I'm writing this review. 
<laughs> I'd been meaning to leave one for a long time now, but that put me over the edge and had me dying of laughter. The boys from the kingdom are top notch. I've been a longtime listener and fan. This podcast network is simply the best for entertainment purposes. The Great British Chief Show is my favorite, but when it comes to analysis, I look forward to the editor's show the most. Huge shout out to Serta for all of his hard work, all around great cast of characters and content. Yeah, for the diehard Chiefs fans, I, I don't know if Serta gets enough credit. I mean, he just pumps this uh, channel with with content. We, we try to come up with new ideas. I know we did the Arrowhead Drive last year. We've changed that to the Arrowhead Pride report this year because I, I feel like we can get more information from the ground uh, out to you guys but he takes care of everything so shout out to steve and shout out to brad john on his swifty impression <laughs> I who knew that we would to have that. to do that this year that anybody would need to do a swifty impression you never know <laughs> as, as you know john i i am a a guilty pleasure wrestling fan and they used to say something when i was growing up and that's you never know what will happen in the World Wrestling Federation. And now you can say that about the National Football League. I not guess. only and, and not only was Taylor at the game uh, last night again, but I did see a lot of a lot of unhappy fans, not just Jets fans, but NFL fans uh, across the league wide because they changed the Instagram account to say uh, Chiefs fan Chiefs uh, as Swifties are two and oh, and they have Taylor Swift as the background for the NFL twitter and uh if you think some folks are, are sick of it in kansas city you can only imagine the other 31 yeah. uh nfl cities so we will see if the nfl starting now proceeds with caution from a a social media standpoint but i enough. was really surprised oh, how much nbc leaned into it to begin the game yeah i night. think harold Koontz of uh, i believe he, he's fox four he had a running tally going and he would tweet it. And I, th- I think it ended up at 17 shots of Taylor Swift by the end of the event. Oh so, my goodness. Uh, yeah. The, the league's really into Look, when, when the league sees an opportunity for new fans, which means more merch, more tickets, more viewers. Sure. Yeah. They're going to lean in. And that is a, an untapped fan base that now exists. The chiefs, Swifty crossover. Okay, we've said Swifty enough times, I think, <laughs> already here at the five-minute mark. All right, let's go back to the Andy Reid press conference. John just got off the, the Zoom with him about an hour ago. It's about 1 o'clock on a, on a Monday here. Uh, and uh, you can listen to the full thing. We were just were complimenting Steve, but he puts all these press conferences on from the podium. Uh, I asked Andy Reid uh, about what happened in this game because it, it really was the tale of two different games. So m- I was curious as to hey, was it more so something the Jets did or or more self-inflicted? My my feel, and, and you're about to hear the quote, is that Andy Reid felt that it was more self-inflicted. Here is the head coach. Yeah, you know what, Pete? We we uh, we did. We you know, jumped out and we were moving, and then <clears throat> we got backed up there, and um, you know we that's where the problem started. <clears throat> then field position kind of changed. The intersect the two. You know the turnovers took place, and uh, we gave them an opportunity, and that's that's what they needed. I mean, we let you know that old saying is you let them up when they're down. So uh, we did that, and we knew going in that you you couldn't turn the ball over. We knew that, and and then that that happened, and uh, then we had to kind of regain ourselves, and <clears throat> that's what that, that's a hard thing to do in the National Football League is kind of re- regain it from that position. So. Um, when you're up, down, now you got to get back up again. In the second half, they came out, they scored with the first possession. And then I, I thought our defense just, you know, put the hammer down there. Um, even with 
a couple of times, not great field position. So, but they, they just, uh, that kind of recharged everything. And then Pacheco and some of his runs and then Pat had a couple of nice throws in there and, you know, the old line got rolling and, and, um, it got out of the little funk that we had going. And so, you know, it finished, it finished up good, hard place to play and hard way to win a game, but you, you've got to be able to do that. And we were, we were able to, able to do it. We just need to get rid of the other stuff in between and we'll be better off. Kind of sounds like to me that he thought this was a a self-inflicted type of game, mistakes, some of those penalties, right? And then also, and it happens in the NFL, remember, everyone gets paid here. A little bit of quicksand. I I think you sometimes see that uh, in the NFL. And to to be in the muck and to be in the quicksand, quicksand, not good against a team that has one win like the New York Jets. But to Andy's point, especially when you're on the road, and a team is coming back. It is very hard to stop that bleeding. And granted, you know, again, it's the New York Jets, but kudos to the Chiefs for doing that. A lot of teams in that spot having having given up uh, a twenty point lead. You also saw it with the L.A. and Indianapolis yesterday, and able to reverse the course. Uh, I thought was impressive and should be noted, even even despite what is a total disappointing night, largely in New York. Yeah, it was hard to watch there for a little while. Um, and, of course, at the beginning, it, it, it felt so wonderful. It's like, oh, boy, mm-hmm. here we go. It's going to be another ride like last week. Yeah, And um, it was just startling how quickly uh, that was turned on its head. And, frankly, that first drive of the third quarter was terrible to watch. Um, I mean, I, I, I really felt at that point, oh, my gosh, the Chiefs are going down. And then, um, just like Andy said, I mean, he, he had this exactly right. Then the defense stiffened up. I think they traded, uh, four punts after that, after that, after they tied up the game and that's both defensive, of course, uh, keeping the other team from scoring. So, uh, then that's when it, to me, that's when the game got interesting and it became a question of who was going to score next and who was going to score last. And it turned out, uh, it was the same score. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, the thing that we, none of us had predicting, I mean, we get, we all rightfully, I wouldn't change this. Yeah. But sure. We all went, yeah. we going back in, into this game. We all said, there's no way 0.0000% chance that Zach Wilson <laughs> outplays Patrick Mahomes. And he did. And he had a better yeah. night. What, how many times has that happened? Probably one out of a hundred, but you got the one last night and kudos to the chiefs defense for stopping that bleeding. Cause you know, everything was about how it wasn't Aaron Rodgers, and Wilson made some Rodgers-esque plays. Now, if Rodgers is playing this game, the Chiefs probably lose, let's be honest. But um, he did enough to have the, the team in it, and kudos to the Chiefs defense for stopping everything while the offense had to, like, recalibrate, so to speak, I think. Yeah, maybe they maybe Rodgers would have made the difference, or maybe he wouldn't have. Maybe the Chiefs would have planned it differently if Rodgers is playing. That's one of the problems with making that kind of a statement is that you don't know how that would have affected everything else if Rodgers had been playing for the the Jets. But uh, your point is correct that uh, with just a little bit more juice on their side, uh, the Jets could have won the game. The question is whether or not the the Chiefs would have been prepared for something else if Rodgers had been available. Yeah, and the final score, too, is a little bit uh, misleading because it should have... I was joking about the betting thing, but it could have easily been 30 to 20, which is a different looking game and, and score. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Patrick Mahomes, um, Patrick Mahomes last night, 
really owned up to how dumb the interceptions were and essentially said that he was greedy. Andy Reid was asked about that comment uh, earlier today. He knows better than anybody when when that happens. And he came up afterwards and just said, hey, listen, I got to check it down there. So or run it and did that a little bit more the second half. Yeah, well, you could you could kind of see the evolution of it during the game. He, he had a nice one to Noah where he kind of lofted it up and over, and he tried the second one and was picked, and so and then the next one was picked. But he, he was trying to put it in a hole. He's he, you know he's done that so many different times, but they they were settling back, so better to just work work the flat there or or run. Yeah, and before we comment on it, uh, there was a follow up that just asked Andy Reid about how hard it is for a guy who's struggling like that to just continue firing down the field. Well, no one knows better than what the player does when they do something bad. I mean, you know, it's, they, if they're competitive, they feel more than, more than anybody. My point is you do what got you there and that's attacking. Um, If you need to check it down as part of the attack, check it down. I mean, they're settling deep, just check it down and keep, keep, keep firing, keep going. You know, a lot of game left to play. And so, He's, he's positive that way. He knows all of that. He'll, he'll normally say something to me before I say something to him. So I, I think you, you've got to keep keep firing, you know. I think even a player like Patrick Mahomes, who is the, the greatest player, you know, through his duration of his career to this point, man, he's going to have a bad night. And I, I noted this in the rapid reaction. It's something to say, okay, I was having a great first quarter. I'm now off. And the Jets are showing me these looks that they are not letting me throw the ball down the field anymore. So you know what? Uh, I, and he's got this old man fast thing going on where he's like sneaky fast. But he said, I'm going to just take the, the <laughs> ball in my hands and rather than throwing another pick because I just maybe don't have my juice tonight. I'm, I'm going to go run and, and win the game. And the great ones really find a way to win. He also, you know, in, in addition to saying that, that he was maybe a little too greedy last night. I, I thought it was telling and right where he's like, you know, you're not always going to win pretty to win Super Bowls. You got to win ugly. And man, you're not going to play well. And those are the great teams, man. The, and, and those are the great players. The ones that don't play well, kind of know they're not playing well, and then do anything else in their power to get the W. And I, I think Mahomes deserves some credit for that, even if he did play poorly. Yeah. You know, it it strikes me listening to Andy talk there and 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 you know referencing what Mahomes was saying last night. We know so much about Mahomes and his ability to, you know, have a photographic memory about these things, right? That and you know Andy Reid always says, and and his quarterback coaches have always said that he learns things and he doesn't have to learn them again. But it just shows you how varied. NFL defenses can be um, that they can still find ways to trip him up and show him something that he hasn't seen before. And, and part of that's because they get paid too. And they're also smart guys and they've got, you know, a whole week or two to think about it um, and figure out some way to uh, get Patrick Mahomes going the wrong way. And sometimes they can do it. And sometimes it's about Mahomes as well. I mean, I'm not saying he's incapable of having an off day. He is capable of having an off day. But I think that sometimes the de- the defensive coordinators have something to do with it too. Yeah, I was checking out the next-gen stats today. And again, I, I haven't 
dived into the the film or i know that ron cop and the the team will will get on that and see kind of what was happening here but mahomes was actually okay up to the 15 yard line beyond the 15 he had one incomplete pass or two incomplete passes and those were the two picks but to andy's point the pass to noah gray was beyond that mark so i I think he saw some success early and just thought he would be able to get get it again and that's when you saw Mm -hmm. those mistakes and good to reverse the fortune late in the game and and find a way to run out the clock. That was another question to Andy Reid, just about the four-minute offense and how in these tough games this year, and I think they've struggled with this in the past, you know, if, if memory serves me correctly, but they've just been able to ice these games even with X amount on, on the clock. And I think that's what you saw in Jacksonville, you know, as well. And this is a, a sort of a new development for the Chiefs. And here was Andy Reid's comments on that. I think, listen, I think uh, we do work on it quite a bit. Uh, you see it at training camp, and then we work on it every week um, on Friday. So, um, and we've done that in the past, too. So I, I, that's not something that's new. But, you know, the guys up front are blocking nice. Coach X got some good runs there that he's put together. And, and then Pacheco, and really all three of them, Pacheco, 25-1, they've all, they're all running hard and good. They're seeing things. So it's um it's been a positive thing, that combination. And you probably include the tight ends on that because they're in on a lot of those. And it's it's good to get these reps now, maybe against in, inferior teams, because I, I think when you get to, I don't know, I know the Dolphins didn't have the greatest day yesterday, but like the Dolphins or even the Chargers who are starting to come on now, certainly the Eagles and teams like the Bills, uh, you know, who knows where the Bengals are, but especially in those big games, <laughs> you're going to want to have those reps of, okay, we're leading by four points. Let's make sure, even with five minutes and 40 seconds on the clock, Josh Allen never touches the ball again. And I I just think in the past, sometimes the Chiefs enjoyed, or not really enjoyed, but uh, have forced themselves to play with fire a little bit more. And I think these are, are positive signs. And you hear that from Andy Reid. He's really like the way that the running backs have been taking. Isaiah Pacheco might have had his, his best game last night, too. And I especially toward the end, just making sure that that the game was grinded out. So that's a, a nice development, John. Yeah, uh, you know, we know that Pacheco is ready to play because he played a lot more snaps. Uh, well, not a lot more, but more snaps than he typically has played in Chiefs games. So that tells you that the team believes he's ready to go and be productive. But I think everybody could see that on that 48-yard run in the first quarter. My goodness. Um, you know, that was incredible to watch. Uh, there was a guy who was determined that he was going to make it to the end zone on that play. You love that. You love to see the guy run like that. Uh, you love to see the blocking come together like that. Uh, as Ron Kopp broke down uh, in his Insta, break- Insta breakdown last night, uh, the Chiefs actually went to a lot of trouble for that play to to break open. And it worked. And Pacheco got the most out of it. Uh, it was it was quite a thing to watch. Yeah, and and I'll just use it here. This was one of my marinated takeaways, but it's making me ask <laughs> the question: Like, should Isaiah Pacheco be a bell cow, and should the Chiefs be even flirting with this committee? And I'm not saying suddenly cut Jerick McKinnon or try to flip Clyde. I know that's been a, a dream of Chiefs fans for a while now. I think you you keep them on the team, but I. The way that he played last night, it just makes you think he should be getting 15 carries a game. I mean, he is that explosive, that good. 
I think the offensive line was really setting him up and they were going left side, right side. They really mixed it up as far as how they were using Isaiah Pacheco. And by extension of that, can we get the best hypnotist in Kansas City to sit down Isaiah and say Arrowhead Stadium is in New Jersey? Arrowhead Stadium is in New Jersey. Arrowhead Stadium is in New Jersey. Because I think we were at a point where you have Pacheco. And I, I think if any of us were asked, okay, on a 1 to 10 scale, how hard does Isaiah Pacheco run? We would have already said 10, right? But right. there was an 11 in Jersey last night. I don't know <laughs> if it was being home. I don't know if it was being in front of college friends and, and family. But he just had another level. And I would go as as far as to say, you know, even from a running back standpoint, and this is something that I pay attention to. I know Steve does behind the scenes here. Uh, he looked like one of the best running backs in the NFL last night. And I, I, I if you can get some of that energy on a, on a week by week basis. Uh, I think that would be good. But I think that is aided by the idea of, well, we actually have to give him like more than three carries in the first half for him to tap into that. I don't think it's just going to happen uh, necessarily always on one of the opening carries of the game. The Chiefs, to their credit, leaned into that, I think, as the game went on. But I it begs the question, and just because we were talking about Isaiah, I, I figured I'd burn one of my marinated takeaways, and that is it. Should the Chiefs be going more so into bell cow mode as opposed to like constantly mixing and matching there? Well, the point I would make, and I will dig into what I was going to mention about the snap counts a little later in the show now. We'll go ahead and give a preview of that section. Yeah. Uh, in a sense, they've already done so. He was on the field for 64% of the snaps, the offensive sla- snaps on Sunday night. That's a higher percentage that he's seen in any game since he became a chief and uh, so significantly higher than most of his games. There were a couple of games where he was in the mid-50s but uh, he's never been above 60 and most games he's down below 50% uh, during 2022. So in a, in a way you could say that the chiefs are already flirting with making him the bell cow. Another thing that's different about Pacheco this year, no special team snaps. And that Mm. was the case last year uh, that he was being used as a returner, which meant that they couldn't really devote that many extra snaps to him. But, you know, looking at what he did on Sunday night, we may be at the point where the Chiefs are doing exactly as you suggest and leaning a little more towards a bell cow running back. I don't think Andy Reid is ever going to go completely there. I I just don't think that's in his DNA. But I think it's possible he could lean that way a little more, and I think that would be a good thing with uh, Pacheco as the guy. From a talent standpoint, it it feels like it's the first time they've had even a candidate for that since maybe Kareem Hunt. Yeah. So yeah. I think that plays into it too. It, you know, you can understand no offense to these guys because they were great, but you can understand sure. why they wanted to, didn't want to do that with Spencer Ware and sure Kendrick West post uh, Jamal Charles, but this is, you know, this is kind of a different story. So we'll right. see which way the chiefs go. We have more marinated takeaways coming up after the break. This is the airhead pride editor show. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
got your happy price, price line. Well, I'm gonna let this marinate. You know, let that one marinate, and then we can circle back. Adapt, react, readapt. It takes time. It takes years. <laughs> That's the takeaway. Back in the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show, you know what time it is. You've been waiting all week for it. It's those world-famous marinated takeaways. Gave you a little appetizer on the, the backside of the break right right there. Uh, so we're going to start with John here, as we always do. Uh, John, uh, as you've, uh, I don't know, these are not even that marinated. Like, because what is it? Yeah. It's one o'clock in the afternoon. The game, <laughs> the game just ended 12 hours ago. Uh, this is like when you put the, the the steak on too early and you needed to marinate it for an extra day. But we're gonna marinate like it. We're gonna like a basted ter- uh, yeah, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, a little juice on it. It's not not as good as the usual marination. We're, we're gonna try our best anyway. So, what is your first on there? <laughs> yeah, Patrick Mahomes style. What is your first takeaway from Sunday Night Football? Well, this is actually kind of a repeat. I believe it was the Jaguars game. I think, as you mentioned uh, a couple of minutes ago where we saw a similar sequence in the game, but that final drive that the chiefs had was amazing. And again, I've, you know, I wrote it down in one of the pieces that I put on the site last night, and I'll just share it again, a chief's drive that included Mahomes converting a third and 22 after a penalty with a 25 yard scramble, a third and 20 play that was converted by a defensive holding penalty that also wiped out another Mahomes interception and a third and one that was converted when Kelsey took a direct snap and handed it off to Jarek McKinnon. Are you kidding me? One of those plays actually worked. (laughs) And then, you know, not only did they, you know, they got the ball at, I believe it was the 47 yard line. They, the, the drive gained 45 yards in 10 in 15 plays yeah. and took seven and a half <clears throat> minutes off the clock. It was astonishing that the chiefs made that were able to drag that out for such a long time. It was almost as if they intended to be in those <laughs> third down situations so they could take more time off the clock because it, when they got down to the point that, uh, Mahomes could slide at the two and kneel down for a couple of plays. Um, it's it's almost like they planned it that way. I don't know if I muted correctly during my cough fit there, but I, I apologize <laughs> if I didn't. Uh, yeah, I I was trying to trying trying to mention uh, there that uh, I. I I completely agree, and I think for so long. And granted, there's going to be exception games. So if you're thinking of one, you know, don't kill me here. But I think just for for so long, it's like we can either score fast, or we're not going to be able to do one of these methodical drives where mm-hmm. we can really be smart. And it's tough. I'm not saying it's right. just like an easy right. thing to do. Like, hey, you're only going to get a certain amount of yardage, nickel and dime, so you can just bleed the clock. So I just think it's a very good development. I think that's a good thing to note. And Mahomes is just really, really good about that. And he joked in the press conference after about if I can just get to the point where they start to spy me, you know, have a quarterback spy like you see with some of these uh, other teams. You know, certainly Lamar Jackson comes to mind of someone that that you always have to have a spy. Justin Fields, who the Chiefs just played. Uh, I think it might happen because especially late in the game, if you don't look look at the film and say, well, we can have everybody covered, but Patrick, especially with the game on the line, it's always seemed seemingly these big moments where he scrambles. It's not 
It's not something he like t- really wants to lean into at the, at the beginning of the game. Not impossible to see it at the beginning of the game, but I, I think at a certain point, if you're these opposing defenses, you got to be like, well, he's going to run. He's definitely going to run. The game's on the line. He d- this is what he does. Uh, and so maybe not a full game spy for Pat, but maybe one of these. Uh-oh. It's game time situation. This is it. Mm-hmm. He's more apt to run in these situations. Let's let's spy him in the fourth quarter. Maybe third and 20, a third yeah. and 20 spy. And, right. you know, the, the, those situations happen pretty frequently in Chiefs games. We know because he keeps yeah. converting the damn things somehow. <laughs> All right. Uh, my next marinated takeaway. Not everyone's going to love this one. I don't care. Uh, you know, you're listening to me anyway. So if you like me enough, I just think the complaining about the referee and this isn't just Jets fans because mm. it is a mess right yeah. now. But Chiefs fans during the game complaining about the referees. Listen to me. Stop doing it. it. It is such a loser thing to do. The game is 60 minutes long. 60. You have a million plays. If you play better than the other team, it shouldn't matter what the refs say. And I, I tweeted this because I'm seeing the Jets, Jets fans are like nauseating today about how uh, it should have been a hold. And uh, the defensive holding was only called after the, the interception. Man. Don't let your quarterback fumble the key snap of the game and give the ball back to the Chiefs. Yeah. And then Chiefs fans, look, you're a Chiefs fan. You're listening to this podcast. I know I'm talking to air about Jets fans. If there is a phantom horse collar call or a questionable safety, you're still winning 17-2. Play defense, get the ball back, and score again. Like mm-hmm. even If the Jets had somehow won in a miracle, I would have said today, you know what? It wasn't the referee calling a, a, a horse collar that extended the game. It was two of the worst throws I've ever seen Patrick Mahomes make. Right. That is the right. game. And so, like, I just, and I know not everyone does it, so I'm not talking to everybody, but if, like, you woke up today and you're getting into a spat on Twitter X or whatever about the referee, look, <laughs> the refereeing was bad throughout the game. Throughout the game. Jets fans sh- should should relax, and Chiefs fans during the game should relax. Like, you're playing the Jets, right? This is a one-win team. They are not going to the playoffs. Win the game. You get two bad calls against you. Win the game. And then same thing for the Jets. You want to pull off this magical upset? Maybe just hand the football off correctly. And that is my rant. I know it was ranty. Um, you're playing a New York team, so I had to give you a dose of the New York thing. But it just, I get so annoyed by the referee complaints, John. And, and I'll just leave it at that. Well, first, let me give you a thumbs up there on Twitter X. I love <laughs> Thank that. You. Thank I love you. that. Twitter X. I, Twitter I'll have X. to. Have to make a I was note of that with, one there. And a little mini ran here. I was complaining last night that they didn't change it to like a word. Why change it to a letter? Even if it was yeah, a word, right. a new word that we had to learn. It's just hard to say. It isn't a cool thing yeah. to say. Anyway, that's my second mini rant. So you got you got I, two for the price of one there. Yeah, you can't really say I just X somebody it's a little while worst. ago. It is yeah, the worst it's... name change. <laughs> worse than the commanders. I loved Washington football team. And this is now yeah. worse than the commander change. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I couldn't agree more with you, Pete. I mean, I it's frustrating, of course, when a penalty goes the wrong way. Let's just start with that. Of course it is. Of course, we would like to see the penalties called correctly in our eyes every time. But guess what? That's right. not going to happen. No, it doesn't. And, you know, if you're a professional football player, the only thing you can do is get past it you know, and, and play better from that point on to get through, get past whatever disadvantage the penalty gave you. Right. right. You don't get a lot of opportunity to do that if it happens in the last seconds of the game, but that's just the way it goes. 
You know, like Joe Montana said, sometimes, you know, the ball is shaped weird and it bounces well, funny. You know, and then if you're the, if you're the Jets, don't give up 17 points in three seconds, yeah. right? Yeah, like, and then exactly. maybe you wouldn't have had yeah. to worry about the referees at the end of the game. And then the yeah. same thing for the Chiefs. If God forbid the horse collar would have led to a Jets miracle comeback, you made a lot of bad plays. You made a lot of mistakes. It it would have been the same thing the other side. So I'm not even just picking on Jets fans. Anyway, um, that's it. I, I can't talk more about it. Uh, John, what's your ne- what's your next one? Um, well, you know, we always talk about how teams will have the Chiefs uh, targeted when they look at the schedule. And I, I think that boils down to individual players as well. And I thought of this today when I saw someone mention that uh, Zach Wilson had played the game of his life. And I thought, as, as often happens in a situation like this, I thought, hmm, I wonder if he really did play the game of his life. Well, as it turns out, he did. Yeah. His, his passer rating last yeah. night was 105 something. It's one of only two games he's ever played with a passer rating above 100. The other one was last year's game against the Bills that the Jets won. So, you know, even as I always say, even the stupidest guy in the room is worth listening to because once in a while he's going to say something valuable. You know, I always say that to people. And the same is true of an NFL player. You know, even the worst NFL player is capable of making a great play once in a while. Even the worst NFL quarterback is capable of having a great game once in a while. And we saw that on Sunday night with Zach Wilson because he was facing the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and this is goes into the 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 film uh, and and just trying to pay attention because I think around the NFL, if people stopped watching Sunday Night Football and after that Carson Daly intro, and if you weren't a fan of the Chiefs <laughs> or the Jets, maybe I would have turned the game off too. And you simply see the score and you see the stats and you're just like, wow, the Chiefs defense sucks. And it's just you shouldn't make those assumptions because Zach Wilson played out of his mind. And that goes into my my final marinated takeaway. There's a point of the game in the middle of it where the Jets decided to really pick on the second level of the Chiefs, any linebacker in coverage they were targeting. But it it wasn't even necessarily bad coverage by the linebackers. I, I saw that uh, Brandon Kiley also noted this on, on Twitter X and it was something that I was thinking, just <laughs> the idea of like the linebackers were actually playing pretty good coverage. It just Zach Wilson was putting it on the money. That yeah. throw against Brandon, um, not Brandon. I got Brandon on the man, the mind. Brian, the throw against Brian Cook was mm-hmm. just magnificent. And so you look quick. You might, you know, you're at the bar with your buddies at your phone, and you're just like, "Wow, Zach Wilson's got two touchdowns against the Chiefs in a tie game. The Chiefs must actually suck." It's like, no, actually, Zach Wilson flashed, and I don't think you see a lot of the Chiefs players complimenting him after the game for no reason there. I, I think he right. had a, a moment and it's a, it's a good development for him. I felt uh, awfully bad for him because I think he was bracing himself for that Mahomes 17 year where he's going to really get to learn behind a pro pro Aaron Rodgers, take a step back, reset, suddenly thrown into the fire again. And I, it seems like New York wants to see what they have w- with him when, as far as development goes and, indicate you know we're predicting the future here but indications are now that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back he's not going to end like that so maybe maybe Wilson's looking at at 25 but I I don't know you saw a little bit of why he was a top pick in the draft I'm not ready to just say like okay the 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 Jets ended up making the right call there necessarily but I I don't know I I just feel like a lot of up 
people in Kansas City are going to be upset with how the defense played against him last night. And I just think sometimes, even against the worst quarterbacks in the league, like you got to tip your cap because sure. they can yeah. play, they can have great moments too. And Wilson isn't great, but like I'll tell you, in, in watching a full, the one good thing about covering Sunday night, John, is I can watch a full day of football. Man, Zach Wilson looks better than Desmond Ritter looks. Looks way <laughs> better than Kenny Pickett. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think there was a part of the year where you you would have said, I you know, I don't I don't want Wilson over in anybody. And so I don't know. We'll we'll see what ends up happening. But I, the coverage was not as bad as the, the box score would tell you last night and um, bleeds into another takeaway. It's just another solid game. I thought from Drew Tranquil, who is filling yeah. in for Nick Bolton, the Chiefs are awfully deep defensively and a deeper, deeper marinated takeaway. So now we're getting into you know, the getting away from Here the base go. thing. Yep. Past the, past another, the catch-up now. <laughs> yeah, another day closer to Charles Menehue back, which is yeah. going to be a, a relief of pressure off of a lot of, of shoulders and uh, quite the midseason addition. You know, when you have to play six games, it almost feels like a trade, and they're going to be adding a big-time piece uh, come week seven uh, with the defense that I, I think is still playing pretty well here. So um, I started with my, one – surface level marinated takeaway we got a little <laughs> bit deeper into the turkey yeah and then we loaded it with stuffing with the amenahue point there john so yeah, go ahead yeah i have uh, i have one more thought from the game and it kind of uh goes back to something that you said before but i want to expand on it a little bit um we see safeties so rarely we kind of lose track um of how significant they are but they really are it seems like almost an afterthought because it's two points, two points. What, what does that get you? Right. Well, two points can get you a lot in a close football game. And more importantly, not only does the other team score the two points, they get the ball. Mm. And, um, you know, after you had the momentum of getting a quarterback sack, or in the case of this particular safety, a, a penalty in the end zone, because, because you're in this case, because your defensive player was beating the offensive tackle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, penalties don't happen in a vacuum, you know. Sure. <laughs> um, after you've sacked an opposing quarterback in the end zone, that's a big, big play that will almost always give that team momentum. And then they get the ball right away. Now, it's not unusual then for there to be a touchdown immediately following that two point play. So it's, it can be a nine-point swing pretty quickly. In this case, it was only five points, but it clearly kicked off a turnaround. And I, I think that's something to keep in the back of your mind whenever you see a safety happen, um, that it's just it's a much bigger play than people really give it credit for. Yeah, I'm not I'm not happy because I made this bold prediction that Jawan Taylor was not going to take any any penalties. And he was <laughs> got called for a huge penalty and then holding later in the game. Yeah. And I I I guess my energy from that was that he wasn't going to get called for any illegal formation penalties or, or which false he wasn't. Start. Yeah. And he wasn't. So yeah. I guess I, I get that and, here, which is nice. And I think it's worth noting too that Trey Smith was called for holding twice uh yeah. in last night's game, but nobody was paying attention to Trey Smith. You know, right. and so there's not a big thing about, you know, Trey Smith was a disaster last night, but he had just as many penalties as Jawan Taylor did. So, you know, there's 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 little hiding in the NFL, but the Chiefs need a, a game where they're hidden. And why not a week 
when they're when you're going at the same time as Eagles Rams, when you're going at the same time as Cowboys 49ers, you know, so these two games will have all the attention next week where the Chiefs will just be hiding in plain sight uh, for Chiefs fans sake, hopefully taking care of Kirk Cousins trying to deliver the fourth loss of the season. Chiefs have looked better than the Vikings, so this should be a, a game um, where, again, I, I've, I've said it a couple times this year. If you play clean football, you're probably beating the inferior team. When you don't, you might get beat by the inferior team, which is what we almost or, saw. Or you might win by a, a field goal. Or, field, or you end. might win by a field goal at the end. Yeah. Um, but that's it for the marinated takeaways from Sunday Night Football. Uh, when we get back right here on the Airhead Pride Editor Show, we'll go over uh, some of the news items to lock in on uh, as we approach Vikings Week. This is the Airhead Pride Editor Show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. We are rounding third, John. Uh, by the way, the uh, baseball season is over. So we're rounding third on <laughs> the Editor's Show. Uh, Nick Bolton, he missed his second straight game. So we will see if he participates in practice this week. I tend to think this is the week he's back, at least limitedly. Uh, the Chiefs would have probably put him on IR for, for me. This is what I think if it was more mm-hmm. serious. Yeah. So look for his return to the practice field on Wednesday. Uh, Prince uh, Tegonogo, John, your boy, torn quad. So we'll have to see him potentially next year. This is tough because he was teetering along the roster line heading into this season. So you wonder if he can rebound and, and make a case next year. The problem when you're a bubble player and you're carving out a role here and there, remember the Chiefs were having him active over Lucas Niang, uh, is when you're a bubble player, <clears throat> you kind of have to stay on the field. And like like Nick Allegretti has, he's been able to have a nice backup role in Kansas City for a couple of years now. The problem when you you run into this situation is you get a whole batch of new players next year. You get right. draft picks. You get X amount of uh, free free agents. That's another thing. I can't say X without it being the <laughs> social media. X amount of free agents in there. So we'll see. I don't think the story is necessarily over for Prince in the NFL. I wonder about Kansas City, though, uh, and you always do. Uh, Jalen Watson was out for this game. Seems minor um, precaution here. It sounds like he injured his shoulder or maybe re-aggravated in, in practice. And so we'll see. We'll be looking at those statuses heading into this game. The good thing about Sunday night, John, is that it seemed like the Chiefs came out with no uh, additional injuries, which is always a big, big win. Well, let's hope that's true because sometimes uh, that's what we think on Monday. And then on Wednesday, we have an injury report with six new guys on it which is sort of what happened last week. I seem to remember there wasn't that much that Andy talked about on Monday. And then we had this long injury list on, on Wednesday when the practice started. So, you know, it's a good point because Nick Bolton came out of that game. Okay. And now he's missed two games in a row. So Mm -hmm. it it was a little curious. But that uh, also is an right. indicator that it's probably not serious, you know, because you're right. If it was serious, they would have put him on IR since they can take him back off of there after four games. So I think that the odds are he'll be back in the next week or two uh, or the Chiefs were just wrong about it. We'll just have to see how it plays out. As Andy, It's rare that they 
it is rare. It, ha- it has happened before. I remember with McCole Hardman initially. Remember they didn't put him on IR and then right. they mm-hmm. did. Yeah. I think that was last year. But it, more, more times than not, they have a pretty good grasp of these timetables. So that's why I think you see Bolton back in the mix. And two good games for Drew Tranquil. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that he, he performed exactly how Bolton might have. He, he, of course, is the backup in that role. But uh, a nice patch-up job. You get the, the wins, and that's all that matters. You know, the Chiefs don't, don't care about those spreads. Uh, we talked about Jawan Taylor. Uh, Jawan Taylor took accountability, which I thought was good because yeah. when, when you have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid defending you, I think at that at that point it becomes very easy for you to be like, "Yeah, they're right. I am getting picked on. F this. I'm just gonna <laughs> s on the rest the refs too." A lot of cur- a lot of curses with letters right there, um, but he didn't. I mean, he you know talking to him in the locker room, he's just like, "I have a lot to work on, and I'm working on the alignment. I'm working on the timing." And uh, Right attitude to have. And again, I, I know that he ended up having a costly face mask. Who knows if it should have been a safety or not. And then and then the hold. But the problems were the illegal formations and the false starts. So I thought that was a good development, John, as well. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree. And um, uh, and let's be realistic here. If you're going to going to go over the line with a penalty. That's the place you want to do it. The refs may not see you do it, and in the meantime, you're keeping your quarterback from being sacked in the end zone for two points. You you understand why uh, players are working so much harder to protect the quarterback in that situation, and that's when that's when these penalties happen. You know, you don't just get held right off the bat uh, at the snap; you get held because the defender because you're about to get around the offensive tackler, the offensive guard, and so they figure out some way to hang on to you. That's what a holding penalty is. And um, so we wouldn't we really shouldn't be surprised that it happens uh, on a on a play at the goal like that. We don't want it to, of course, but I think it's wrong to just say, you know, to jump all over Jawan Taylor for this because you know he his first job is to protect Patrick Mahomes, and the other guy is going to be coming a lot harder when your guy is taking a snap and dropping back into the end zone. Yeah. I, I I'm with you. Uh, needs to still be better, and, and I think he's improving. Sure. He's a big big yeah. ticket free agent. I I think it was a good step in the right direction to avoid the other two specific penalties. And so again, uh, right, we'll see how we can build on that when the Chiefs aren't the marquee game for once in 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 um, a, a certain week here. Uh, Montreal Washington. I think this has been a nice development for the Chiefs and. Nothing against Montreal Washington's wide receiver ability, but I think it's nice to have a return specialist, not to shout back out to the days of Tyree Kill and and um, <laughs> and his his problems with Jalen Ramsey going up against him. But uh, I I I think with a player that is just very specifically going to be your returner, you don't have to always worry about like, well, how does that affect in the offense? You know, when you had that with Isaiah Pacheco and Tyree Kill and Kadarius Tony, Aaron talked to. Washington in the locker room last week and he had said I enjoy everything about it I'm just playing my role my role is to be return man he can do that uh being a punt returner you're the spark start the offense you've got to be a spark when you go back there so just the fact that I was able to get the guys excited and get ready to make plays that's my job that's all I wanted to do I don't know that's like the vibe of the the Dante and and you know Devin you know Devin Hester and you could tell like this is a real specialty for him it's not just right sky more receiver playing returner or running back playing kick returner you can see 
uh, that he has some of the traits that you, you would look for in the prototypical guy. And I think that's a nice little weapon for the Chiefs. And it gets sweeter in the fact that uh, he was a, a former Denver Bronco, right? That, that's a cool part of it as well. Yeah, got his experience, uh, uh, initial experience in the NFL playing for a different team. How nice is that? Well, the AFC, <laughs> the AFC West is, is what is the point I'm making here. Now. Yeah, well, right. But I mean, we, we're not having to put up with rookie mistakes on this kid because oh, he's already been yeah. in a position to make some. Yeah. And they were for another team. How cool right. is that? I love, I love that. And previous experience <laughs> in the NFL. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, any snap count takeaways that we should be focusing on uh, before we close this thing out? Yeah, uh, I've actually started writing it today, which I haven't usually been doing on Editor's Show Day. Um, so I have a few things that will be in the article. Uh, one of the things that I've uh, that I've tagged on to that I found most interesting, uh, we finally had Kelsey up to a normal range of use, as I like to say, um, on Sunday after his injury in week one. Uh, he was just short of 80%, and that's the range where he's normally at about 80% of the snaps. And then he had, um, let's see, he had six passes on nine targets, which is right on target for what he did last year. He averaged 8.9 targets and 6.4 catches uh, through 2022's game games. But in those games, he averaged 78 yards a game. And he's only at 155 for th- for four games now because he, you know, missed a game and uh, was was a limited partic- participant in the next two. But he's still in a position where if he can average at least 65 yards a game, which is not that big a deal for Kelsey, uh, he can make it to his eighth straight 1,000-yard season. So I thought that was an interesting uh, thing that I saw. And uh, let's see what else the wide receiver I mean, he better, thing is. He a... better get to a thousand yards for Taylor's sake, because you know well, that's right. Oh well, that yeah. correlation will yeah. be made immediately. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, also, I think we can conclude that the wide receiver situation is a mess. I think folks already have a sense that that's the case. But the numbers and now that we're four weeks into the season, we can, you know, put up our fancy charts and graphs and show how uh, players are trending. And it it really just kind of looks like spaghetti at this point. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, so I but you may I, already know that I, w- so. I would continue to argue for Rasheed Rice. Similar to how I feel about getting Pacheco going. I just think he's the, the best option in the, in the room right now. And maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but. I know we had the drop too. I'm not just ignoring that. And the drop is teetering along the lines of an issue right now. But um, I just think he's the the next best option consistently after Kelsey. Like if maybe what they need to do is have him drop one in, in pregame, and then then you target him right when the game begins. And I don't know. You you go with with Bryce. I I like Rice. I I know that he's a rookie, and and that that's a whole thing with Andy but I just would like to see more of him at the beginning of the game. Well, in terms of, you know, I'm talking strictly in terms of use here, you know, how many snap counts are they seeing? Yeah. And he, you know, he actually was up at a pretty decent number, but not at a number you would normally see a starter play. Right. right okay. Right. So that's why I'm not putting him up there on the basis of usage, but in terms of production, right now he's the chief's leading receiver with 140 yards on 13 yeah. receptions. And, um, and, and 19 targets, you know, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, a catch rate, a rate of 68% isn't the best, 
but it ain't 50%. It ain't 46%, you know, like uh, yeah. the sky more is at 46% right now. So um, I, you know, I, I'm not, drops are always tough for me because people get themselves worked up about it and they see them and then they think they see more of them than there really are, you know? Um, and I, I think that's kind of happening with rice that yes, he's dropped a few balls, mm. but you know, if you look at what the numbers tell you, he's actually doing pretty good. And I, I think you're right that right now he's showing as much as tense as any, as anybody in terms of potential among the wide receivers. Yeah. And he's got that trust of Mahomes. I mean, I understand yeah. also like just the idea of, yeah, he's dropping the football. But to me, I don't know, just from, I hate to use the term eye test, but from an eye test standpoint, he looks like he has the best um, possible chance set of tools to replace what the Chiefs really had in Juju. And, um, you know, not to say that the Chiefs miss the actual Juju because it really hasn't gone all that well in New England, but I just think they miss <laughs> that. They miss the idea of him, John, as they would say. In right, right. Uh, and no, so you need, I, I agree. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and it, if you look from a PFF standpoint in four games, uh, the number one offensive rating is Patrick Mahomes with an 82. Number two on the team, Rasheed Rice with the 79, followed by Pacheco and Travis Kelsey. So that's just a little yeah. glimpse. These numbers aren't perfect. And I always only bring up PFF when it helps to prove my point. Well, All right, course. John. That's yeah, what you're supposed to do. Didn't you know that? Nobody All told right. you? We got a we got a we got a barn burner this weekend. The three and one Chiefs visiting US Bank Stadium, one and three Minnesota Vikings, three twenty-five PM local local time. Thank God it's not at night. Uh, we we don't like <laughs> night games and it's all about us, as you know. Uh yeah. John, what are the opening odds uh for this game? Five and a half point favorites. That's what the Chiefs are in this game, which I, I Yeah, I would say that's low again. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but how do you how do you how can you say that with any confidence after the three point went over the Jets? Right. Well, and that's what I, th you know, I always try when I write that up every week to give you an idea of what the trends are, you know, what the other team has done and compared right. to comparison to the spread over the last couple of weeks. And then, of course, what the Chiefs have done in comparison to the spread. And, yeah. um, you know, the Chiefs don't always do well against the spread. And uh, no, so, never. you know, if you're if you're the guy who's setting that thing out there in Las Vegas land, uh, <laughs> yeah, you'd probably be a little afraid of giving the Chiefs, a, you know, a seven or eight point spread on this game. So I, I can't say that I'm all that surprised. And frankly, I'm surprised the Vikings are where they are. I thought they'd be in much better shape at this point of the season. I think they're they're in a position they could actually end up being a pretty good team but they've had a really bad start. So uh, we'll quick, see, you know, a quick look at, at the Vikings to this point, just to kind of update you as we take our initial look at the next game loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I actually think the bucks are better than people realize Baker Mayfield is, is throwing the ball a little bit faster this year. And not to say that he's going to be one of these top 15 quarterbacks, but he's just, he's not doing as much as I thought he might have to allow the bucks to lose football games. And so they were able to pull one out against the Minnesota Vikings. They got the the Philadelphia Eagles. the The next game lost to thirty four to twenty eight. They lost to the L A Chargers in a zero for three versus or zero and three versus zero and three game, um, and they ended up getting going zero and three. And the Chargers improved to one and two in that game. 
And John, yesterday they almost lost to the Carolina Panthers. That would have been a really bad loss to go to zero and four. The Panthers were up ten nothing in this game, and then yeah, the Vikings were able to get a defensive touchdown, followed by Justin Jefferson, who is one of the best players in in the game. And so they were able right. to finally pull out their first win of the season, twenty one to thirteen. So very much a team that is um, almost has the playoffs started to an extent already. They need to really not lose too many more football games. Right. Uh, and uh, and uh, a team that has a lot of weapons. Uh, the Chiefs uh, secondary is certainly going to be tested here. We'll see what the Chiefs can do as far as rebounding from a shaky offensive effort against the New York Jets. But that uh, is a show. We went through our merited takeaways. Andy Reid, the whole kit and caboodle. If you want to join arrowhead pride premiere we still have that uh, link at the top of our website just a premium option uh, we have a monthly option we have a uh, annual option there is a seven day free trial that goes along with it john contributes i'm in uh, every newsletter kind of giving you some bonus information as we get ready for each and every game for these kansas city chiefs if you like the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We've asked you to leave a rating and a review on Apple iTunes. I will read it on the show. We'll restart the Arrowhead Pride Report tomorrow. The, the regular schedule of shows, in, including our, our famous Swifty, Brad Simcox. He will we'll be joining you guys this week for the <laughs> Great British Chief Show. Uh, but for Steve Serta and for John Dixon, my name is Pete Sweeney. Thank you for joining us on another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show.